1: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, presented by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have been there on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
0: Doing well. You know, I mean, it's a tough game. We, I actually predicted a loss, but and I, it actually kind of played out how I thought. But it's still... Still not good. Still not a fun feeling on a Monday morning to, to come away with a loss.
1: Yeah, so if you didn't see the Cowboys' Week 3 game against the Seattle Seahawks, they fell 38-31. to Russell Wilson uh, threw for 315 yards and five touchdowns. He was about a yard away from throwing six touchdowns before D.K. Metcalf uh, got the ball poked out at the one-yard line by Trevon Diggs. and the Cowboys uh, either tied or beat Seattle in three of the four quarters in this game. It was a rough second quarter that really did the Cowboys in. They had an interception uh, under two minutes that led to a Seattle touchdown. Um, You know, they had right after halftime, the Cowboys got the ball back, and it's the reason why Mike McCarthy defers to, you know, get the ball back and get points. After halftime, they have a sack fumble that turns into a touchdown a couple plays later for Seattle. Let's just start with this. What went wrong for the Cowboys on Sunday? (sighs)
0: uh <sighs> well <laughs> um you could say everything yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, I it might be I the mean, answer i don't think it's everything but i do think it was a well maybe it was a little bit of everything right like it, it was uh it, you know the, the dak haters had their moments in this game the the people that were that are pissed at the certain members of the offensive line and had had their moment in this game the defensive back uh field people that that don't like uh the, the cowboys defense at backfield certainly had their game the, the jordan lewis people certainly had their the, had their moments uh, you yeah, know I, sure. I think the first of all it, i'm not surprised i mean obviously this is almost exactly what we predicted right a, a a shootout game uh both teams scoring a whole bunch bunch of points i think both of us predicted 30-plus points, right, in this game from each side. Yeah, I think we got the
1: Cowboys' points exactly right. I think one of us said 35, and the other one said, like, 37 yeah. or whatever. So, so
0: I think that part is not all that surprising. Uh, you know, it it, it felt like it, this was the, the main takeaway I had coming out of this game was the defense and the special teams m- more than the offense really, really – is missing that uh training camp at preseason time that they lost because they just seemed uncoordinated and uh and, and you know look i mean if if you want to if you want to blame the coaches on this you I mean absolutely coaching is to blame. I also think that you know the context of this is that this we are seeing the results of not having that time to install all of this and the Cowboys are one of the few teams that law that had a new head coach and I mean a new head coach but also a new defensive coordinator and new special teams I mean, I, I think the offense seems a little bit more coordinated and we'll talk about their problems in a second but mm-hmm. but uh you know then that's because of holdover from last year it feels like this Dallas defense who, uh, was under talented with the idea of being a little bit more complex, being able to hide things a little bit more, just kind of not being as predictable. Uh, they got caught halfway between transitioning from a you know simple, simplified play fast defense to a more complicated uh, disguise what you're doing defense, and you know you add injuries into that whole mix. And the Cowboys have really struggled to, you know, stop anybody defensively consistently. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, let yeah, me jump please, in there really
1: please. quickly. So we, we knew going into the season that this is going to be a team that was carried by their yeah. offense. And you, you basically said that. And they're going to make up for this with scheme. The problem is they've had some injuries, Certainly. which that happens to everybody, yeah. right? You lost two of your top three corners in Chidobio Wuzier. You lost Anthony Brown. Uh, that makes a big difference. You lost Gerald McCoy. You lost Leighton Vanderesh. Uh Those are four guys that you are expecting to be starters and to play a lot of yep. snaps. I get that. The other problem is you just have a lack of talent at some other spots that are glaring. The safety issue is one of them. Uh, Darian Thompson was exposed by Russell Wilson. He was manipulated multiple times in this game. There's really no interior pass rush at all. Um, so when you get some injuries and you're still learning the scheme, It's going to be rough. And, Lena, my my concern as I was thinking about this game yesterday was I I just wonder, when is it going to get better? Because we know how this season is going. And the further along it goes, the more injuries you're going to have. And the Cowboys don't have a lot of depth to begin with. So at what point is this going to get better? Or is this a thing where you know this defense just doesn't have the personnel to be competent and they're going to be bad all season long?
0: I I think there is a legitimate concern to worry that this – Defense is not going to get the full opportunity to get, you know, fully uh, installed in time because of, of all of what's happening. Um, I do think, you know, you are going to get Randy Gregory in here, and you don't really know exactly what that means, but what, how much that helps at some point, but you are going to get him showing up. You know, I think that the injuries in general actually will level out a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of the problem... I mean, we hope so, well, at least. I, yeah, I mean, you, you would. I think it, there is some logic sense there, though, as well, because, you know, it's just the, the same as the idea. I mean, frankly, all this injury stuff was pretty well predictable. You know, I mean, if you go through all... The, you, you go into a season without a training training camp, without a preseason, these guys aren't, aren't getting their bodies ready for the season. So... The hope is that after, you know, four weeks of football, that will even itself out a little bit, that the, the players are you know more in shape. And some of these kind of lower body injuries that we started to see just explode, especially last week, will kind of even out. But to answer your question, you know, I, yeah, I think there's a legitimate fear that this uh, that they're going to get caught in kind of a difficult spot where, you know, it's it's hard to fully get everything involved uh, without the time to kind of get it fully installed. And when you're kind of relying on that disguise to kind of help the performance, you know, and, and help kind of mask, or at least help cover up some of the talent disparity that you have at certain spots in the defense. Yeah. You're, you're very well exposed. And, and, and especially when you add in the specific types of injuries, they've had at cornerback where they've already had kind of, They had depth, but they didn't have, you know, they had questionable talent. Uh, I think that that's, it's, it started to take its toll here. I also think that, you know, we, we predicted that this was going to happen. You know, like I I think that this, yeah this result was not surprising. You know, this, uh, let's, let's be clear that, you know, Russell Wilson is maybe the best player in the NFL right now you know and 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 it's, yeah, i mean he's the odds-on
1: favorite to be mvp by yeah quite a bit.
0: I, I mean i i i'm just i don't think i'm speaking out of turn but i i think he's played better than than patrick mahomes so far this year so sure of course um, yeah so yeah i mean i do think that it certainly is not looking great for this defense there are things that look good that are that are turning up a little bit alden smith and some other things but you know, I think it's hard to kind of predict what's going to happen with the defense moving forward. I can't, I can't imagine that you're going to predict the top ten defense, you know, moving forward. But I think the scale of where they go from no. here is is really difficult to predict because, frankly, we just don't know what 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 they have in this defense. Like, I don't, I just don't. At this point, I I have real concerns that they don't even have a good portion of the defense installed and all this talk this week about simplifying the defense. You know, I, I think that's because the, the coaches have spent the first part of the season, you know, desperately trying to shove playbook sized bites of the, <laughs> down the player's throats and they can't, they can't consume it all. They can't digest it all. So they tried to kind of pare it down and, and they've pared it down to such a spot that they've really exposed the talent. Uh, in certain spots, spots of the defense, yeah. and I think that that is going to be a problem. Uh, that mm-hmm. it could get better as time goes on, uh, but it also absolutely could get so much worse.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm nervous about their defense because you know again, Anthony Brown has a rib injury. I think he still has what one more game he has to be on the injured reserve list. I'm kind of hearing that it could be longer. Uh, Wuzier has two more games he has to miss. Uh, We'll even see if in two weeks if his hamstring is ready to go because they're pretty worried about that. So, you know, if you get, (laughs) they're at the point now where, like, if they get an injury to Trevon Diggs on the outside, what does their cornerback room look like? You know what I mean? You're putting Daryl Worley and Brandon Carr on the outside, and you know those are guys that can't really run at this stage in their career anymore. If they get an injury to Xavier Woods in the safety room, all of a sudden, what happens there? Because He's the only competent one. If Joe Thomas goes down, I don't know what you do at linebacker because you you, you don't have any more depth there. So it, it's just getting to the point where, okay, you know you're probably not going to hold teams under 28 points every week. And if you're not getting turnovers – This defense could be among the the, the worst in the NFL. Um, Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the offense. I wanted to tell you guys about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like arcania and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most and to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer. They're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code Locked On NFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code Locked On NFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products for, from CBDMD.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Okay, Landon, let's talk about the offense because, for the most part, they were pretty good yesterday. Uh, They didn't have, you know, great field position, I think to say the least. Their defense didn't do them a a good job of putting them in positions to score. Uh, But Dak Prescott still managed to total 500 yards. Uh, He threw for three touchdowns. You had a big game from Cedric Wilson, five catches for 107 yards and two touchdowns uh they couldn't run the ball really at all but it was really three big turnovers in this game actually four if you want to count the safety two interceptions from prescott uh, a fumble after halftime and then a safety that really changed this game what were your opinions on the cowboys offense in this one
0: yeah i mean the positive is that they you know they did find a way to come out and play Uh, play well early you know I think that that's something that there was a lot of focus on and and they were able to come out and put together a 13 play 55 yard drive down the field they were only able to get a a field goal out of it but I I think it was important to kind of come out and show life early and 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 you know they were the first team to put points on the board which I think is important Um, I you know the unfortunate thing is it 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 fell up, it fell apart pretty quickly after that. You know the the, mm. the touchdown that, that Philly that they scored, and then um, uh, you know the, the 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 safety situation, which you know I I think you and I talked about it, like running off the out of the one yard line. I I still would like to know what the the other play call was before Dak killed it. You know because was he killing a, a, a pass. Was I mean what did he see that he was killing that that they be killed to that. I also wonder too, like it felt like it felt like there was a lot of slipping happening in the first half. And I don't know if, if yeah. that was just because of the, the people had the wrong cleats or if the turf was weird or, but it did feel like there was several different situations where guys were falling down kind of untouched at, at points. And obviously I think that's what happened with Zeke there. Um, I I thought that the offense, you know, did their job. I mean, if you want to just kind of, you know, stare at the if you want to just kind of glaze your eyes and look at the point totals I think you look you could say that the Cowboys offense had a good day and I don't think they
1: well that doesn't even count again they had three touchdowns where they got no points on the extra point try
0: yeah
1: I mean that's you know at the very least three free points you just gave away
0: yeah and I think I, I think again going back to the coordination like that's getting I mean one of them was blocked you know, like how do you uh, blocking it? Ex- that never happens. Like, on yeah, an like point. I mean, that's just a bad coordination. You know, like again, that's just and, and uh, like how does and is that part of the the issue with the shuffling offensive linemen, You know, and, and all that situation. It sounds like Terrence Steele was dealing with food poisoning, and that's why he had to go in at halftime to get an IV, and uh later that's why he was taken off the field. Um But you know, I think that obviously the offensive line. uh they were, you know, they were okay. You know, as far as pass blocking, they only allowed two sacks, um, one of which felt maybe like it was Dak's sack. Um, yeah, and then maybe, I, but
1: it did feel like it when they needed their offensive line to step up in that last drive. There were way too many guys coming through on three man rushes and stuff. To you know, that should never sure. happen.
0: No, I mean, at the, at the by the end of the game, I mean again, Dak threw the ball fifty seven times. Yeah, eighty that's plays with that was really, really, really difficult for an offensive lineman to to uh, sustain through a whole game. You know, and I think that that's the thing that people just they forget. You know, is that it's not just about the fact that you're you know exposing your off your young offensive lineman, and again, especially at that point, you know, Terrence Steele is out. Now you've got Biatish in the center. Looney is playing guard, which Looney is not a guard, and and you know it's almost 60 pass attempts. You're not going to be able to run the ball. You haven't been able to run the ball effectively. And I, I think that that was one of the things that Seattle did that really, I think it gets under noticed is their ability to stop the run. Um, you know, wh- while keep, keep, I mean, they basically focused on trying to stop Ezekiel Elliott. and it, I, and, and they, they were able to do it and, and the offensive line wasn't able to get any movement and i think that that you know made dallas one dimensional which you know they scored a ton of points i don't think it's, i don't think uh, yeah. i don't think anyone's has any issues with that but i do think that what it did is that at certain points you know they knew that the pass was coming and it made their pass rush a little bit more effective at times when they needed it to be uh and so i think that that's you know, th- there were times when even when dak didn't get sacked necessarily pressure came or or they knew what was happening well enough and and dak wasn't you know i think the other part of the issue too is like you talked about the three-man pressures i think that some of these off all these wide receivers were struggling to get open down the field at times and i think that you know there was a that's just
1: i think part of them playing that yeah. cover three so too, basically daring them to dump the ball just
0: eventually after 60 pass snaps even a three-man hmm. rush you're exhausted you know you're you're tired yeah. so i think that that's a part of it for sure
1: I wanted to go through this right at the end of the game okay the Cowboys have the ball at Seattle's 31 yard line just this is a, a sampling of why this offensive line fell apart at the end of this game right So they had a second and two uh, at Seattle's 31 yard line with f- 35 seconds left the Cowboys still had all three timeouts right? They had an illegal man man downfield uh, on Joe Looney on a screen that was horrendously blocked anyways. Uh, I think it was um, Joe Looney and Tyler Biotish, both Mr. Blocks. They were both down the field. Uh, So that's a five-yard penalty. Now you back up to the 36. Uh, The Cowboys actually got a, a play to Cedric Wilson. The next three plays, first and 10 from Seattle 22. Dak hit as he's thrown, throwing the ball to Cedric Wilson. Pressure by Brandon Knight. Next play. Dak sacked by Alden Robinson. Now they're at Seattle's twenty-six. Have to burn a timeout. Final play of the game. Dak escapes a sack. I don't know how he didn't go down. Throws the ball in the back of the end zone for an interception. So in four of the five biggest plays at the end of the game, there was pressure or there was a mistake by the offensive line. That's... It's hard to put blame on just one person because... You know, they've got so many guys are shuffling in and out again. They were down their top four offensive tackles really in this game at one point with Tyron, Lyle Collins, Cam Irving, Terrence Steele. Uh, Joe Looney got hurt at one point, so they had to bring Tyler Biotish in a fifth round or fourth round pick. They had to move Zach Martin out to right tackle, a spot that he hasn't played since college. Um And, I mean, it's just a lot going on there, but your offensive line is killing you. And it's the reason why you're not able to win some of these games late, because they just can't hold up. Uh, What were your overall thoughts about this offensive line and how they performed?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought that... (laughs) I mean, again, I, I think everybody needs to understand the context of who's playing out there. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's 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 not Larry Allen and 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 Ty, you know Tyron Smith that are playing out there. It's it's guys who were undrafted free agents that you know the priority draft priority free agents taken off the street and and um, you know I, I think. They did an admirable job, considering what was being, you know, what was being put out there. And because again, considering that they threw the ball all over the yard, I think that they, uh, they did great. I, I just think that there is a price to pay there, you know. And and ultimately, hmm. you can, uh, you can you can cover up for those guys for for a certain amount of time, but at a certain point. The defense is going to know when when you're throwing the football when you're in these kind of games, and they know that these guys don't have a ton of experience on the field. And now you've thrown out a third guy and Tyler Biotish. And there was at one point, I'm pretty sure Tyler Steele was on the same field the field at the same time as Steele and uh, uh, I'm completely blanking on on my guy um uh, Brandon <laughs> Knight. Knight. Yes, uh, yeah, you know, and I and it's just. You look at the, the the sum total of all that inexperience, and you know the Seattle Seahawks aren't exactly known for being huge blitzing teams, but but they've got Jamal Adams, so so they've so they've started to increase that a little bit more, and and I just think that at a certain point Seattle was able to dallas was throwing the ball over the yard but when seattle knew you know when it was time what was when coming it was time to yeah. actually stop this cut it off they knew what, what dallas was going to do and so they pay, they played shells deep they made dallas try to march the the uh, down up and down the field and be efficient and i don't think that was a problem for dak prescott and the receivers but it was a problem for the the offensive line to have to go that many pass plays in a row uh and, and being able to keep dak upright
1: Yeah, I think we're going to have to have a conversation later in the week about what the Cowboys do on their offensive line because um, I think there's a chance that Brandon Knight starts again this week at left tackle. Um, Lyle Collins isn't going to be ready for week four. So do you keep Zach Martin out there? Do you leave – Terrence Steele over there. We'll see, but the Cowboys offensive line is in shambles right now. Uh, Let's take a quick break. So we can talk about built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they're releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code on, and you'll get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box, only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Okay, Lane, and we just have a few minutes left, so I'm going to allow you to pick the topic that we talk about here. Are you ready? I, I've got three of them. Okay. The first we can talk about Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game. He had 12 targets yesterday, six catches for 24 yards. Uh, we can talk about the officiating. Or we can talk about Cedric Wilson. Which of those three would you like to talk about?
0: Oh, well, we'll talk about all three eventually. I feel certain. So let's let's talk about let's talk about the referees, just so we can have it over with and done with it. I don't want to talk about it anymore.
1: All right, um, they weren't good. <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I mean, that's about as much more, as we maybe need more to say. anybody else in these two teams.
1: Yeah, you would think eventually the Cowboys are going to start getting some calls right here. I mean, there was just a, a number of calls that didn't go their way. What's going on here, Landon?
0: Uh, you know, who knows, man? I mean, seriously, like that was it was a pretty one-sided affair at, at, at different points. I, I i would like to go back and see. And I, I don't know if I, I don't think I have the, the numbers, but I, I'm pretty sure Seattle had about half as many penalties called on them. And I don't know that they ever called an offensive holding call. Uh, if they did, I, I, I missed it. But it was absolutely ridiculous how much – how lopsided and, and and one-sided the calls were going. I mean, it wasn't even just yeah. the, the Jordan Lewis or the Jalen Smith call uh, – the
1: I don't mind the Jordan Lewis one because he can't cover without holding, so I okay, get that yeah, he, he's
0: getting I mean, picked maybe you on. That's fine. For another one, and that's just a, a makeup. But the the Jalen the Jalen Smith one was absolutely ridiculous, absolutely. That was a ridiculous. four point I mean, play. First, because first of all, he was outside the pocket, which should negate the penalty altogether. So they should, so they shouldn't even yeah. call it, right? Then on top of that, they're saying that it was an illegal participation because Jalen Smith pushed him out of bounds. Jalen Smith pushed him. The dude goes, takes two steps outside, then takes two more steps upfield, then goes out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that Jalen Smith pushed him out of bounds. Okay. So that whole play should have been negated. Like that whole play, it certainly shouldn't have been what it was. It's the last thing it should have been is first and goal on the one. Like that's the last thing it should yeah. have
1: been. Yeah. Well, now again, I posted that on Twitter, and then you get the typical Monday reaction. Well, the Cowboys shouldn't have missed kicks and blah, 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 and don't worry about the offici- officiating. And to the people that are saying that, they're right. There's so many other things to worry about, but those are big calls in the game. Because let me, let me take you back to that, that second, right? There's 16 seconds left on the clock when that happens, and Seattle has no timeouts. If that's called an illegal touching which Fox's crew including Mike Pierra who never goes against what the officials call on the field, if that's called correctly, it's a 10 second loss of down and it backs them up to their own 26 yard line. They're kicking a field goal there rather than scoring it, trying to score a touchdown. So that's a 4 point play. Now it's 19 to 15 at halftime rather than 23 to 15. Totally different game at that point.
0: Yeah absolutely and then you add in the car situation which was abso- which was also absolutely ridiculous you know i mean yeah. again I, look i understand the stupid and i had some guy come you know come at me at twitter like you know with about this and, and i understand the idea of of uh, oh just you know the, the, the you just got to play through the i mean first of all None of us are playing. So I'm allowed (laughs) to complain about the refs.
1: We can do that. We're we're not the guys on the field,
0: for God's sakes. If you want to tell them not to complain about the refs, that's fine. I am – it is well within my right to complain about the refs. (laughs) I sat and watched the Dez catch game. So those – anyone who has a problem with with the fact – I mean, look, this game is a game of inches. You think that the ref inserting themselves with a bad opinion about a penalty isn't going to have an effect? Forget that, man. We're going to talk about it. It's totally – it's totally ridiculous to not suggest that we don't discuss this. We're not the ones playing uh, I would, the game, so
1: I would say at the very least, the Cowboys have gotten a rough whistle in two out of the three games. Absolutely,
0: this season, right? Is oh that fair? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, it, and even the fact that you know, like we we got to see Michael Gallup complete that catch and touchdown that he would have caught in, in the Ram game is exact same situation that they didn't call uh, offensive pass interference on. You know, it's just. <laughs> The the number of things that, again, I, I if it's one or two calls, that's fine. If it was just those two things that we just mentioned that happened in the game, okay, fine. It was those two things and you know six other calls that the the Dallas got that were completely lopsided, that were you know that, that was not uh, tit for tat at all. You know that they weren't calling on both sides. So if, if again. We talk we talk about individual plays that uh, have you know matters of inches involved in them for hours on end and and its effect on the overall game and sometimes the effect of the overall season to pretend that like the referees didn't have a massive effect on what happened in this ultimately pretty close game frankly that came down to like one possession yeah. is totally 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 ridiculous and 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 to sit here and, and pretend like you know, bad refereeing isn't a, a, a problem all throughout the NFL. And B has, isn't having a, an adverse effect on the Cowboys. At least two of these three games is to stick your head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm going to put on my conspiracy Marcus. Oh, hat. Again, this boy. isn't, this isn't, this isn't actual Marcus saying this isn't the, the one that gets paid to write about the NFL to podcast about the NFL. This is just conspiracy fan Marcus. I think the NFL refs are trying to make up for not having fans in the game, so giving home teams a little bit more home cooking than usual, right? Because typically fans can help uh, elevate some teams. So when you're on the when you're at home, I think I think the league is instructed to be a little bit more, you know, beneficial, right? Roger Goodell talked about how there's no real advantage to having fans at games for one team and another. We know that's not true. So this is this is the way of home teams getting a little extra nudge despite not having fans mm. so you can you can think about that um <laughs> last thing we'll, we'll we'll finish up with this uh, i do want to talk about Ezekiel elliott's targets because <laughs> you um, couldn't help yourself <laughs> I can't help myself uh <laughs> 12 catches 24 or 12 targets 24 yards three dropped passes why are they struggling so much to, to – actually, if you include Tony Pollard in there, one catch for negative five yards. So 13 targets for 19 total yards from the Cowboys running backs. Why are they struggling so much in that part of the game right now? Well,
0: I think that there was a concentrated effort by Seattle to a certain degree, but that doesn't mean anything towards the drops. I mean, that, that was uh, – I, I don't know. I mean, Zeke has played mostly pretty well throughout the season, except for the fumbles last week. You know, Outside of that, he played well. And then the th- these drops. I mean, it's just—I I don't know. It's just a—it's it, just, it's just frustration. It's—it's it it's, yeah. It's trying to do too much. It's—it's it's, you know whatever it is. His pass blocking was fantastic, but yeah, his mm-hmm. his uh, his inability to uh, you know co- consistently. Uh, get the ball in his hands and make something happen. I mean, the the thing is too, is that a couple of those plays I think would have worked out really well, you know, and, and it would have been, would have been yeah. nice gains. A, a couple of them were just poor plays. I mean, just bad play yeah. calls, but I think that a couple right. of them, you know, uh, I understand some of the screens that they called. I understand some of the passes they called to, to Zeke, because I think that if he had caught them, he would have made the team pay and it would have also made uh, Seattle think twice about blitzing a little bit, but yeah, I think right now Zeke just I think Zeke had a very, very poor game and, and that's all there is to it. And I and I don't think, you know, you'd hope that Pollard would be able to step up in situations like that, but Pollard oh, had man. maybe an even worse game.
1: He he's had a rough really start had. to the season between the fumble I mean the fumble last week, uh, you know, a lot of special teams air, so not a great start for Tony Pollard who we were expecting to to maybe break out here in year two. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next
2: time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?